0: Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and Lord, just thank you for today. Um, Thank you for all these people here today uh, who want to learn and want to, um, yeah, just really grow and take steps forward, whatever that looks like. Uh, Just pray that you'd speak through me. Pray that, um, yeah, you take this information, this stuff that has really helped me uh, go from knowing absolutely nothing to knowing a little bit. to uh, yeah, I I pray you would do the same in these people's lives, Lord. I pray we would be a church, a family that learns and really cares about yeah. trying to figure out how do we love each other better, Lord. Yeah. Um, it can be it can be confusing to hear do these general things, and we kind of need some more details and so um, kind of a framework. And so pray that you give us that framework today, that you give us that understanding, and we could really practice it in our lives, and that you could expose maybe ways that we are. Uh, fighting against what you want to do in our lives, which is the ability to receive and give love from others and ultimately starting from you. Um, So we love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we are building healthy relationships. That's what we're talking about. And the orange was one week late. Uh, I figured out this morning. I was like, dang, it's November. Okay. Well, I couldn't figure out how to change it. So it's it's orange. Um, But uh, it's funny. I don't know normally when you teach, it's like you teach topics, you're like, yeah, I'm really comfortable with that. I feel like I'm all right at that topic. This is one that I'm teaching and that I did not grow up around people who had healthy relationships. So when I was growing up in life, I'm not sure what your guys' experiences were. You know, Maybe you're around amazing Christian parents or friends or families where you're like, man, I really learned how to receive and give love at an early age. I didn't understand that. Uh, I didn't know how to do that. And so I think a lot of people are probably like that. Um, generally, you don't take relationship classes on how to build healthy friendships in churches. That's not something that we normally talk about. And so as I was praying about it, I felt like the Lord's like, hey, we should talk about that today and see if we can take some steps forward in that as a church. So because really the church should have the best relationships around. Right. I mean, the church, I mean, if if, if you walk into a church, you should be like, this is like heaven. I mean, this is amazing. I mean, people love me. They care for me. They want to get to know me like they want to ask about me. Their their focus is me, not themselves. You know, yet so many times our churches and, and us, you know, me, I'm this way. You know, we have these weird relational things, insecurities, ways we kind of, you know, deal with people that are just immature. And it's not that we're trying to, I want to ruin a relationship. That's not what we're thinking. But naturally, because we grew up in places where maybe we didn't learn that, it doesn't come naturally. Just like prayer, just like all these things we talk about, you don't just fall off the, as Tad says, a bunch, the the turnip wagon or whatever, uh, and and learn how to build a healthy relationship. It doesn't happen. Uh, You have to learn. And we're not teaching this a lot. Um, And I wasn't taught this when I was a kid. And so I kind of went a lot of years having bad relationships or ones that just weren't fulfilling. Um, And I'm still learning a ton. And so anyways, it'll be fun to go over this together. So like I said, my story, uh, which might connect with yours, is I feel like in the early years, and honestly, a lot of people, I think, do this through their whole life, is you have what I call hobby relationships, which means you like Halo, I like Halo, or you like sports, I like sports, or you like this, I like this, we're friends. Like you like the Chiefs, I like the Chiefs, we're friends. Like that is what your foundation of relationship is built off of. What do you like? I like it too, we'll be friends. But these relationships, um, at least I think you've experienced this, aren't very fulfilling a lot of the times because you generally, at least for guys, you're goofing around, joking around with each other, not a lot of depth not a lot of deep conversations. It's kind of like we do things we like together and it's better to do it with you than do it by myself. And that's kind of a lot of relationships for many years. And sometimes people are 50, 60 and that's all their relationships are because they've never figured out how to go deeper. Um, Once I became a Christian, I realized, okay, Christ is now the hobby. And so a lot of the times you start following Christ, but you still haven't learned how to build a deeper relationship and you still have those immaturities of the past. And so now it's just, well, we just talk about Christ together, but we still don't understand how to build a deeper relationship. And you can be in a church for 10 years and not know anybody that well and not feel comfortable and not be able to give and receive love with the people in your church. And you're like, why is this? I should know how to do this. It's like, no, you shouldn't. You didn't learn it. Um, And so that was my experience. And I remember uh, I was at one point I was a youth minister or a college minister. And I was meeting with five or six guys and we met every week for years. And I was teaching them how to be leaders and you know, teaching them scriptures and they were growing spiritually. But I remember after meeting with them for two to three years, they left. And I just, the Lord just revealed to me, like, you taught those guys and you helped them, but you didn't build a deep relationship with those guys. Like when they left, I was looking at our relationship and I was like, I'm not happy with this. You know, we're not talking very much. We don't have that much of a connection. And it was because once again, I didn't know how to build a deep relationship and learn how to give and receive love. Um, For me at that point, one of my deep insecurities was that I wanted to be valuable to other people and that made me valuable. And so I would never be, I would never show my weaknesses. I would never show what's wrong with me. And so that stopped that deep relationship from happening. And so at that time, I started really pursuing this And found a book that I'm going to reference a lot. uh, If you're interested, this is a really good book to read called Spiritual Relationships That Last um, by Dennis McCallum and Gary DeLashman. And they wrote this book talking about this because they're pastors and they're like, this is an issue in the church and we need to address it. And then also through marriage, Uh, I've learned a lot through marriage as a guy, just speaking from a guy's point of view, uh, if you don't put the time in to learn how to give and receive love before marriage, marriage is a lot harder. (laughs) Because the same skills that you use with your friends, you're going to have to learn how to do that with your wife, but she's totally different from all your friends. And so this skill, that's why I say relationships. It's not building friendships. It's building any relationship you do. It's learning how to give and receive love. That is a basic skill of Christians and in humans. So that's kind of why I say that. So a few verses um, that kind of have stuck out with me over the years and really seeing this in the scriptures. I mean, friendships that you see, obviously, David and Jonathan. I mean, I'm distressed for you, my brother, Jonathan. You've been a close friend to me. Your love for me was more wonderful than the love of women. I would never say that. I mean, that's kind of weird, right? (laughs) That's a little creepy. But he said it, I mean, obviously they, I mean, they went through a lot, right? They went through a lot. There was a deep commitment there. They went through a lot of tough times. And so they had that relationship. They built it over years and through all these hard situations where he was able to say it was more wonderful than the love of a woman, which is like, that's crazy. That's crazy. So we see a great example of friendship. Another great example that I like is uh, really just honestly Paul's relationship with any of the churches, but I like this, (laughs) this section um in First Thessalonians, he says, but we proved to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. In the same way, we had a fond affection for you, and we're delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I mean, I've heard I've heard Tad talk about it, i heard other people talk about this, that this is key is like it's not just about sharing uh the gospel with people. It's about sharing your life with them, too, you know, and really deeply connecting with them and getting to know them where they're at. You know, that means so much. And Jesus did that really well. Uh, he, he was in people's lives. Um, and Paul did that as well. Another example in John 11, we see Jesus do this with Lazarus. Right. The Jews came to him and uh, and he was deeply moved and they saw that. And he was weeping about Lazarus, about Lazarus, Lazarus dying. And to where literally their response was, see how he loved him. Like they could see it so clearly how Jesus cared deeply for this person, you know? And so it's important. We can see that, but not only is it important for us to have this, but as it says here in John, I'm giving you a new commandment. You love one another just as I have loved you that you also love one another by this, all people will know that you're my disciples. And so it's not only for the health of our community and the strength of our relationships where we come to church and we're like the most excited we've ever been because we're with all our best friends, but it's also the fact that if somebody walks in here, if they see that type of, those types of relationships, the number of times I saw that when I was in ministry, people would come in and they wouldn't say, oh man, I heard the gospel tonight. There are people who would say that some people would say, you guys love each other really well. And that would be the door to share the gospel with them. Well, this is why, you know, this is why you see that. That's also an evangelistic tool is just loving each other so much. People don't understand. Like, why would you love these people so well? I don't get this in my friend group. Um, It's amazing. So the point being, and I think you guys would agree, we long for these types of relationships. If you're really honest in the depth of your soul, you long. and know guys, you know, girls are like, yeah, for sure. I long for these relationships. <laughs> guys are like, no, you know, I'm pretty content with my, you know, do what I want to do. And it's like, no, guys long for the same thing. And uh, you're just not being honest if you, if you don't. Because um, the reality is we all long for these deep, th- deep types of relationships, but we don't know how to do it. And like I said, relationships are tough. This is a kind of scattered diagram I tried to make to explain it. Um, you see, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Somebody explain it. Can you guys explain the diagram immediately? Um, so, yeah, it was, it was challenging. Um, so when you're born, right, you have mom and dad. Some, and some people don't. Some people have grandparents. Some people grew up with other people, whatever. But whoever you grew up with, those people... These little crusts, you could say, around the outside of the shapes. Um, that is their relational tendencies, right? So maybe you had a dad who was like, no emotions in the house. We never share emotions. Maybe you had a mom who was like, I'm emotional about absolutely everything. Um, maybe you had a mom who was like, no emotions. Who knows, right? But you, they have these relational tendencies. And you grow up for the first, however long you're around these people, and you pick those up. That's who you learn from. And you take those and you're like, this is how we build relationships. We never share emotions. That was mine. We don't share emotions. We just do the right thing. We're good. We don't share emotions. That's how we do that. That's how you do a relationship. And then if that wasn't hard enough, then you go through life situations. You have a tough situation with a friend where you share some hard things. It doesn't go well. Friendship breaks. You're insecure then about, gosh, I don't want to lose a friendship. And so that's always how you interact with people is not trying to not lose somebody. Um, You know, I've heard people doing that. I mean, there's situations where maybe, I mean, even in like ministry and stuff, I mean, I've been through some broken churches where you go through that and then you're in the third church and it's like, gosh, do I want to get close to these people? You know, I mean, there's these situations that happen in your life where you're like, I can't trust men. I can't trust women. I can't trust because of these situations in my life. And that combined with those family and friends, and then you put all these people in a Christian community and say, you should all love well, love one another. That's pretty challenging. Like when you really look at it, that's not easy. Um, everybody's got their interesting kind of stuff. And uh, we all have to love one another. We would figure it out. And then in marriage, it's the same thing. Put these two people together. Hey, live 24-7 together with each other. Figure it out. It's not easy. It's not easy. And so that's why we have to learn this. How do you build relationships? Last thing I'll say before we jump into the meat of kind of what I'm going to talk about tonight or today is Ephesians 4. And this is kind of the central verses that I love about um, just building unity and stuff. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called with all humility, gentleness, patience, patience bearing with one another in love and being diligent to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And we talk about this a lot, which is really good that like, we have to be diligent about staying unified. We have to be diligent. We have to work at it. We have to try. And when you see what I'm going to talk about, you have to try to do what I'm going to talk about. It's not going to naturally happen. You've got to try. You to put effort into it. And there has to be humility and gentleness and patience. So when you in this church interact with somebody else in this church, and you're like, Gosh, that person is hard for me. Which all of us have different people that are hard for us. You know, depending on our personalities, there's grace, there's gentleness, there's understanding. There's man, I want to get to know this person. I want to love this person. You know. So my goal for tonight, there's about a hundred things you could talk about with this, um, but my goal is really to give you a framework for healthy relationships. Because I think you have to start at a high level. And if you don't have the high level kind of framework, then just to say general things, it's like, well, how does that look? And that's a lot of time with with the relationships. Do these general things, it's like, but how often and and when? And what if I have too many friends and I'm too busy and I can't love everybody this way? And you just, so it's like, this is very practical stuff we're talking about today. So hopefully um, you can put it into practice. So here we go. And you definitely want to take notes. And um, there's three, you definitely want to assess yourself as we're going through, because it'll be really interesting. So here's the three areas of relational sharing. And each one of the three types of relationships we have has different levels at each of these. The first one is common experience. So if you think of your friendships, right? You spend time with those friends, right? Doing things that you love together. That's what we call common experience. And as you do it more, you develop a base of common experiences with friends. And I'm sure if you looked at some of your best friends, you have a lot of common experiences: trips, games you know, games you played, uh, movies you've watched, uh, you know, played whatever sports together, whatever it is. The second type of a relationship is personal inner working. This is the deeper stuff, choosing to reveal what's inside you. So this is your hopes, fears, dreams, all those deep things. That's where relational or personal inner working is. So you kind of accumulate this understanding where you're like, this is my friend. I know that makes him frustrated. I know that this, you know, this is a soft, you know, a a sensitive point for them. I know this about them. I know how they'll respond to that situation. That's the personal inner working stuff. And then the third part of a relationship is emotional sharing, sharing your feelings and receiving feelings from the other person. So these are kind of the three areas and each relationship has different levels. So here we go. The first relationship that you have with people is called the casual relationship. Many of our friendships and many of your friendships probably fall into this category. The reason being is you only have so much time. (laughs) You can't be best friends with every person in this room. It's impossible to the level of depth the best friendship requires. You can't do it with everybody. So a lot of our relationships will be these casual relationships. So good examples are uh, neighbors, fellow employees, um, people in this church. There'll be a lot of people in this church where you're casual friends with. You love them, you care for them. But as you'll see, you're not taking the next steps of deeper friendship because you don't have the time. The issue is if you look at your relationships and you read these things here and you say, I think most of my friendships fall into that category. That's when you're, you have an issue because that means you've stayed surface level with every single person in your life. So a few uh, observations about the casual relationship that are important to know is these relationships there's no planned effort to get together generally so these are people that you see at church you see at this thing you see it that thing but you're not hey let's get our weekly meeting together hey let's hang out you know once a week or let's it's, it's the weekend i'm going to call you every single time or a lot of times you know these are just casual relationships i love when i'm around you but i'm not like reaching out and being like let's hang out all the time a lot of the times with these casual relationships one of the, the hardest parts about them is we have two types of people in the church. Some that might say they're a little bit shy. Does anybody say, like, okay, I'm a little bit shy? Fall into that category a little bit. And who's like, I'm really talkative? Yeah. <laughs> Shane's like can straight up in the air as high as possible. <laughs> so right. So we have different people in our church. We have really shy, you know, shy people who are like, hey, I, you know, kind of like stay back, be in the background, love people, but you know, kind of shy. People who are like, I love to talk all the time. So um, this is kind of one of the things we have to deal with when we're thinking about these casual relationships is generally the talkative people uh, can fall into being kind of, and this is me, relationally selfish by wanting to talk about what they want to talk about all the time, right? If you're a talkative person, like if you ask me a question, I could talk for hours and hours about something. But that's selfish, right? I'm not giving you any time to talk about you. I'm like, oh, yeah, think about this thing I thought about. And then there's this thing I want to talk about. And then this thing. And so the conversation, you're sitting there like, gosh, this guy talks forever, you know? And it's like, that, that's not that's not good. That's not a good relationship. That's not a good connection for anybody, right? Because you have things about yourself, too. But then on the other side, we have relationally shy people. And this can be an excuse as well. But that is also relationally selfish, Right because relationally shy people are standing back and not initiating with people and not reaching out with others. So both sides of the spectrum, no matter what side you fall on, there's a relational selfishness there that we both want to find the middle ground on that and be like, man, I'm a super targeted person. I want to get better at asking questions. I'm a kind of shy person. I want to be more, initi- I want to have more initiative to reach out to someone and not hide behind the excuse of, well, I'm just generally a shy person, you know? So that's kind of one thing that goes on with those kind of base level relationships. Initiative and relating and listening. Uh, James uh, 119, you know, we, we, we've got to be quick to hear and we'd be slow to speak. And slow to yeah, Um. Quick to hear and slow to speak. That's a good kind of rule for these casual relationships is you're really trying to love someone and care for them. You're not trying to overwhelm them, but you're not not saying anything. You'll be quick to hear, slow to speak. And, uh, and I was actually talking to Allie the other day, um, and she was like, we were talking about it, and she's like, how do you have a good conversation with somebody, right? Some people are like, how do you have a good conversation with somebody? I feel like I don't know what to talk about, right? I mean, does anybody deal with that where it's like, I, I want to talk to people, but I don't know how to have a good conversation. And you watch somebody else, and they're like, they're doing it. How do you do that, right? Like, this is so confusing. So here's the trick to a good conversation. It's very easy. Why questions? why questions. If you want to build a good relationship and you want to really connect with somebody, ask why questions. Think about it. You asked me, you know, in this, there's a lot of college kids. So it's like, what's your major? Oh, my major is accounting and finance. Cool. <laughs> Conversation over. <laughs> right. I mean, the conversation's done, right? Like it's, it's done at that moment. Like there's nothing else. And that's a lot of conversations. You just ask what, oh, what was your major? where did you grow up? Where do you do this? And like in 30 seconds, you've exhausted five questions and they've talked for five seconds. And you're like really discouraged and you're like, gosh, I suck at building relationships. And then you just like walk out and don't want to, you know, do it. Instead, try this. What was your major? Accounting and finance. Oh, that's interesting. Why do you choose accounting and finance? (laughs) Literally, it's as simple as that. Like, try it on me. It'll work. Try it on anybody. (laughs) Try it on anybody, you know? Oh, I I saw, you know, you wore Chiefs jersey. Why, you know, you like the Chiefs? Yeah, I do. Why? (laughs) I mean, just, you know, you grew up in this town. Yeah, I did. How did you like it? you know how did you like it oh i liked it i I liked it it was great why did you like it i mean it's like literally if you just ask why questions if you're like i don't know how to relate with people just ask why questions and then you keep asking why questions and you literally go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and then you're like wow that was an awesome conversation and i didn't say anything i just said why like five times (laughs) and then i just listened I mean, that's seriously, it's not hard. And if you find a talkative person, that's, yeah, they go off for days, days and days. I had, a, yeah, I had a lady I was on the phone with this last week at work, and she talked to me about dog food for an hour and a half. I asked her why questions. My boss was like, you're supposed to be selling her, not her selling you. And I was like, what? Um, but, but yeah, that is, that is a secret to conversation. So write that down. Write that down if you're somebody who's like, I don't know how to build, you know, get people to talk about themselves the last thing, or the second to last thing is authentically showing interest. So that's another thing. Have you ever been with somebody and you're talking about something that really matters to you? And they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> have you, I mean, that is, did you keep talking? You're like, last well, person's really interested. I'm going to keep going. No, you shut up immediately. Right. You're like, I don't want to talk to this person because they don't care. You know, they don't care about what I'm saying. So show authentic interest. Wow, that's really interesting. People are interesting, right? Everybody's different, has unique things about them. So show that interest. You know, that's how you build a relationship. People are like, wow, this person's interested. I'm going to keep talking. While this person's not interested, I'm not going to talk anymore. That's how it works. And the last thing on this casual relationship, and this is for the guys. I don't see girls doing this a lot. But what guys do, and this is like, literally, there's a lot of guys who this is their life of relationships. It's called pigtail pulling. It's what children do. It's what guys do on the elementary school playground with girls. You know, they like a girl and they pull their pigtail and they're like, Ooh, you know, like <laughs> and because they don't know how to relate with them. So they just like mess with them, you know, and that's how they try to like build a relationship. That's what I did for the first 20 years of my life was pigtail pulling, goofing around with, you know, guys making fun of each other whatever. Um And the only reason why guys do that, if somebody's doing that around you is because they don't know how to connect with you. And so all they know is how to make fun of you. And that's why guys do it. They want to connect. They don't know how to. And so, you know, I think goofing around is fun. It's great. You know, you need to have fun in your relationship and casting some jokes that aren't like super mean, but just kind of having fun and, you know, about people's quirks is really fun but that shouldn't be the majority of your relationship with somebody. Um, it, it, it needs to be deeper than that a lot more of the time. Um, and so anyways, that's a specific note for the guys. If you're a girl who does that, wow, that's great. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never, I've seriously never heard, I've never heard of girls making fun of each other because girls are generally more sensitive and care for each other a little bit more in ways. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the casual relationship so let's go a little bit deeper this is the close relationship you see some differences if you read over these regular time spent feeling the need to maintain time spent quality time shared goals and interests uh, freedom to ask more pointed personal questions you know if you just meet someone in a casual relationship you're not going to ask them like the most straight up question unless you really feel like there's an opportunity to but Generally, you want to get to know them a little bit. <laughs> you don't want to go level zero to 10 immediately with somebody most of the time. In these relationships, you have that ability <coughs> to be straight up with them, be honest. Emotional sharing, there's loyalty, affection, gratitude, more honest about the hard things, et cetera. These are your deeper relationships. Examples be close friends and family on this. Um, these relationships generally need to balance Deep and fun. So I don't know, I don't know what you've uh, had, but there was a time in my life where I was just really deep with people and didn't do the fun part because I thought it was unspiritual. And I did that for a lot of years with even these guys I mentioned that I discipled when I first started kind of in ministry. And what I found is when we were having deep conversations about God and stuff, I was able to be in those conversations. But if in like a normal situation at the ministry house where we're just sitting around doing whatever, I almost felt like weird because I'd never connected with them over anything that's not just like deep and spiritual. And so relationships have times where you just have fun together. You go do something enjoyable, you know, you know, like go hit balls or something, Um, go, uh, Go watch a movie, you know, and talk about it, what it meant to you or something, you know, just do do, do something fun, go on a hiking trip. That's what, you know, Jason's doing this weekend. You have those kind of fun things that you do. And so you want to balance deep and fun. You don't just want to do one or the other. Also with this type of relationship, you want to become involved in each other's interests. These are relationships where somebody likes, for example, I like to play golf. So it's like, Hey, let's play golf together. You know, like Michael right now, he's, I'm teaching him how to play golf and, uh, and it's really fun, you know, uh, we get a, we get to go play golf together and it's a fun connection that we get to make. And um, he didn't play golf before he knew me and now he is and it's really fun, you know. So it's like those are fun times when you like think of, oh, this person likes this. I know uh, Johnny, um, he is not a construction guy at all, but like... <laughs> But he did construction work with Michael and, you know, it was this really fun connection where he's like, it was the most fun ever, you know, and he like didn't know anything about it. Now he knows some about it and there's a connection between him and Michael now, you know, it's, it's caring about someone enough to be like, hey, I want to, I want to understand what you care about, you know, and, and what your interests are, right? It's not just about me and what I want. It's about, I care about what you care about too. It's a deeper relationship. Also, these relationships, you start identifying strengths and weaknesses and use this info to pray and encourage people. So how often do you pray for your friends? How often do you take time in the morning to think, man, these are kind of, you know, I don't know how many, whatever, three to five to ten really close friends that I really care about. I'm going to pray over them and see if the Lord gives me any encouragement for this person. I personally don't do that very often. And I was convicted about it as I was going through this Is I need to do that more. That's a good practice to have, but that's a deep friendship is you care enough to pray for someone to spend time with the Lord talking about that person and then sharing what God says about that person. That'll mean the world. I mean, I'm sure there's people in this room that have never heard anybody say something like, yeah, I was praying, praying for you today. And God told me this really encouraging thing that he wanted to, you know, that's like the most encouraging thing in the world. And then share affections. Um, Hebrews, 20, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, um, it talks about, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another at all the more and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the scriptures tell us, consider, think about how to spur someone on. Don't just naturally do when you feel like it. Think about it. be be, be really uh, intentional. Yes. Intentional in that. And the third and final relationship is the intimate relationship. And this is kind of spouses, engaged couples or best friends. And so this is nothing is off the table. It's it's you are totally, completely open with these people. Um, Yeah. If you read those across the board, I mean, availability has few limits shared worlds in all ways. I mean, this is, this is the deepest, deepest, deepest best friends you've got or your marriage and stuff like that. You're reading it here. I'll put it up there a little longer. Um, so generally these people, we have long history with these people. So you've been around them for, I mean, you, know, you can make best friends sometimes quick, but generally it's, you've been around them for five or 10 years and you're like, yeah, these trips we went on and these things we did. And th- you know, these are your high school friends, if you're in college, you know, or you've spent all that time with them. <coughs> but one of the issues we get into, which I'm going to address with these deeper relationships, which you probably have experienced is managing love expectations. Because once you get into these deep friendships, then there starts to be expectations. Of I'm your best friend, I require a certain amount of care. And there's, and that's good to some extent, right? There's a good to have a level of commitment to each other. Hey, we're best friends, you know, we we know everything about each other, but you've got to manage those expectations. So I'm gonna read a couple examples and we'll see what you guys think about these. These are about managing love expectations. This is somebody, a quote from somebody. The ability to make another person feel loved and valuable is what I look for in a guy. I'm not married, but I've seen the verse in the Bible where husbands are told to love their wives. I think this includes making a woman feel worthwhile and secure. Sounds all right, right? The most important quality I look for in a girl is her ability to love unconditionally. I know that I'm far from perfect, but in a world like ours today where husbands and wives divorce over the smallest differences, it's important that she be able to love me even when, with all my faults these sound all right. 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 They sound all right. But in these, what you see is people almost crossing the line, trying to get their value from these relationships. Like it's your responsibility to make me feel good, to make me feel loved, to make me feel cared for. And that's something we have to watch in these intimate relationships. And you need to watch with yourself and with your friends. And you have a conversation with them. that gets too too deep, but you can find where people actually try to um, depend on you to fill what God only gives. And that's when things have gone too far and you need to have a conversation. And so there's this balance of love expectations that needs to happen in these intimate relationships. And you've probably experienced a relationship where that, wasn't, that didn't happen and you felt enslaved to somebody kind of. Like this person is like just taking, taking, taking. And I'm like enslaved in this relationship. That's not what we're talking about. Um, Another thing that's important is loving confrontation. And we're getting towards the very, very end here. How to confront and love. This is a huge thing. Who's had an experience with somebody where you've tried to confront them and it went terribly wrong? Most, yeah, most everybody in the room, right? Right. So that can be because they're being prideful and they don't want to hear it. And it could have been Jesus Christ himself who said that. And they would have been like, no, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, like there are situations where that happens. At the same time, we as brothers and sisters need to do what we can to speak the truth in love. A lot of the times we're better at speaking the truth because we know the truth than doing it with love that's a more um that's not quite so straightforward saying that's that's wrong that's incorrect this is what the bible says is a lot easier than doing it in a way that is loving you know so we're going to talk about that real quick um let's see let's, let's get him here so the first question when confronting someone in love this is kind of a helpful thing is how do you relate with the person right so a lot of times what can happen is we get frustrated, um, for example, we were talking about the the mother's the mother's thing, and it's like it's easy to be like, "Oh man, if a baby's crying, we should get him out of here and all this stuff, right like it's like, yeah but <laughs> but, but 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 taking the second step to really say, well, "Wait a second, let me think about from their perspective, let me connect with that person and say, "Well, what if I was in that position and what if?" What if I was around them all the time, you know, and, and all the stuff Tad said, you have to take a second to think and to connect with that person and say, no, I mean, or maybe say, you know, this person uh, is really angry. You think about it. Why are they angry? Oh, maybe they're really insecure. Maybe they lash out when they feel insecure, you know? Oh, I, I remember when I was insecure, when I didn't understand my identity in Christ. And if somebody said this, I would just lash out at them. But you want to connect with people when you're going, when you're confronting in an intimate relationship. The second thing is how do you plan to approach the problem? So this is, um, you must understand your tendencies. Are you generally somebody who people talk to and they're like, gosh, you're just enjoyable to talk to. You're very sweet, very nice. Uh, Like for example, Jason, Jason is like a shepherd at the heart. Like he's just I don't know how somebody could be mad at Jason. Uh, you know, like he's just, he's just a sweet guy. Like God's blessed him with, that's his gift. He's a shepherd, you know? Um, and so his tendency is that uh, maybe there's somebody else. I won't name any names because I'm, I'm not thinking about anybody either, but it's like on the other side, it's like, I mean, I used to be more like this where it's like, just be straight, straightforward and just come at him. Well, if my tendency is being kind of more brash, I probably need to maybe plan out an approach to confront someone and put encouragement in there and really pray about that person and try to encourage them and care for them as well as saying these hard things, you know, but you got to plan in these things out. If you're somebody who's super sweet, then maybe you need to make sure you're actually speaking the truth to them um, because your tendency is to kind of just be wishy-washy. And it's like, well, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You just keep doing that, you know, like, um, you know, and so you got to kind of know your tendency in that when you're confronting someone and you push against your tendencies, um, but the key is to really try to do this in love because so many relationships break in marriage and other things because you don't think through this, you just kind of brashly go after it. And that's not speaking the truth in love. You got to take time to really think about it. First Thessalonians 5, 14 and 15 says, We urge you, brethren, to admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. A pastor showed me this one time when I was asking about what to do with this specific person, and he's like, see, it's not quite so straightforward. You need to first understand who you're dealing with, you know? I think a lot of the times we get up in our head and get all like, oh, I got to go after this, you know, like kind of psych yourself out when the person, they're just weak or they're just faint-hearted. Or we go after somebody who's unruly and we treat them like they're weak. You know, so you've got you've to gotta think about stuff. You don't just jump in two feet in. You've got to think about stuff and use the scripture to really guide you in this stuff. What type of person am I dealing with here? Somebody who's angry, like I said, a lot of times it's insecurity. They're just weak or they're insecure. So to go after them with wanting to beat down the front door is not going to work. Because they're not actually really quote unquote mean, they are, but it's coming out of an actual insecurity. And so coming after insecurity with a bunch of force is not, it's it, how you break that out is through understanding and loving someone. That's how you get to the deeper parts. You've got to understand who you're dealing with. And then how do you express the problem without becoming inflammatory, which kind of you have already addressed a little bit. You know, you've got to understand how to not inflame this person when you don't need to. Proverbs 12, 18, uh, Allie found this one time and I was like, that's really good. I used to do this all the, all the time. There is one who speaks rashly like the thrust of the sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You know, I used to, you know, be a lot just like, oh, i got to jump in and go after it, you know. And and started being like, man, I need to I need to think a little bit more because I need to bring healing. Once again, you'll get those situations where people just won't listen, and that's different. But like, we can do what we can on our side to make sure that we don't wrongly inflame someone when we don't need to, you know. Cool. So, yeah, I think I kind of covered all that. So I think we'll smooth forward. Ultimately, was somebody reading that? Oh, take a picture. I mean, I did emotional sharing, obviously, uh, and this is one of my struggles, is trying to develop the emotions to really connect people emotionally because my whole life it was like no emotions. That's not how you do things. So that's something I'm learning about. So to finish off, uh, this is a great quote. Maturity begins when you can sense your concern for others outweighing your concern for yourself that's ultimately what we wanna to get to is where we're using our understanding of people to care for them more than we think about how we can be loved by other people. And that's when you really know you're getting, you're growing. Um, no matter whether you're you know, more quiet, whether you're more loud, it doesn't matter your personality. These are things the Bible calls us to, no matter who you are. So steps forward, uh, like I said, the goal of this was to really just kind of go into kind of the high level framework. I would encourage you to read the book, spiritual relationships at last. It's actually about dating. It's about friendship. It's about marriage. It's about all these different things and it's phenomenal. And it's something that I think we, I think you could all get value from. Um, But I would just really do some personal inventory and reflection. The stuff we talked about today, you know, take it before the Lord and say, Lord, how do you want to improve my ability to build relationships? what are the steps I need to take? And uh, I think you'll find your life much more fruitful if you think through these things and um, yeah. And and really be more thoughtful about your friendships. And I know this week I've been doing that and I'm going to continue to do that because I can get better every day too. And then start taking the steps forward towards deeper relationships. So uh, that's all I've got. How much time have I had? 1137. Do we have time for just if there's any questions? Because, I mean, it's an interesting topic if I miss something. Is there anybody who has any questions or things that were on your mind that you're like, hey, what about this? What about that? Yeah. Where were you last night when I needed you? A conversation I was having with the young kid, and I was like, "Oh, I I would have pulled that Y card. Oh, that would have been so." Which card? Oh, Y card. Oh, the Y card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's the. It's crazy, man. That is. (laughs) You know how I learned that? I was at a training with a thousand people I didn't know, and I was like, "Well, I got to get to know these people somehow." Yeah, Susan. I would just say the only time a why question doesn't work is with toddlers. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I have a question about like the first Thessalonians first with like emotionally, yeah, whatnot. And, um, you talk about kind of like trying to understand more of the motivations of why people are acting the way they are, yeah. Um, but like, so how do we square that with like? not assuming we know what other people are thinking. For sure. I think the function of what someone is doing is so is that to be applied in the version that that's when they is needed. without yeah. regard to you know, like what's going on inside or is there some middle ground? For sure. I think the problem that we have a lot of times is we don't ask enough questions. If you ask questions and you really have talked to somebody and really asked them deeper questions, which the hard part about that, so this is the hard part, you need to understand yourself deeper because you can't take anybody else where you haven't gone yourself. And so if you're just like I have no idea about any ways of how I relate to people or anything, then you can never talk to somebody about it because you don't even know yourself. But once you've done the work on yourself and have really figured out like, yeah, why do I hate emotions? You know, like why do I I mean, just different different things like if if you understand that about yourself, then you you'll you'll notice you realize in others. And it just becomes a lot clearer. But still, you, you never assume. You always ask questions. You always ask questions. Hey, wh- I've noticed this. You know, uh, don't, n- n- never assume. Ask questions. You know, I, I'm noticing you're being angry. Why is that? Why are you feeling angry? What, what makes you angry? I mean, if you ask people questions, it's surprising the level of depth you get to. And then you're able to use that. So really just keep those questions going. Question, question, question. Don't assume you'll make bad things out of yourself (laughs) because you guys all know know the saying in college you know or in the college classroom yeah ty this might be kind of a a silly question but i don't know if they may have talked about yeah uh, you talked about kind of like the three "quote unquote" levels of relationship i know there's no like exact yeah yeah i mean what would you say would be like a healthy number of say intimate friendships great question the capacity and then close friendships great question um, that, that one could or should be able to have, right? Because he said it has to be limited. Does that mean, like, we we'll only get one? No. are going to this, no. in pro, You know? No. A hey, you I know. just want to call you. You're off the list and you're back in the casual. <laughs> I just want to make that clear between me and you. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I don't know, kind of what, what have you seen from experience would be like yeah. a, just a proper, healthy capacity for what it have? Yeah. Half I think so it's it's not it's not an answer, but I think you need to I really think you need to be prayerful about it in terms of, I'm not gonna give you an, an answer of how many. I mean, you need to constantly assess where you're at, you know. Cause I mean, life happens. I mean, I have friends from college and friends from high school and friends from post-college, and they have moved to Kansas City and but they're some of my best friends in the world. But then I want to get to know people here in the refuge. And then I mean, it's that's why they wrote this book is because they have a church of 5,000 people and people are like, I have so many people in my life. how do I like navigate through not being overwhelmed? And so you have to understand the level so I don't know the answer you got to pray about it and sense your own personal capacity And yeah what I was gonna say I think it is there's a personal capacity. Some people have a different capacity than others to be able yep. to have those deep relationships. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent I think more than often it's our problem we don't have enough good relationships. And so you know, a lot of ours are. But yeah, that's a great question, Ty. You gotta really pray about it. And but you definitely can't have an infinite amount of those deep relationships. There's people who thought that and sometimes they're like, Oh, I cannot be deep with everybody. I'm like, that's just not true. You'll go crazy. Dad, do you have you someone I like, okay, like Five. Yeah. Five. <laughs> it's like, no, one person. There might be a broken They can only handle one. And there may be someone who's very skilled in relationships. They can have 20, 25. Yeah. And I just think you have to. It's probably a skill set that you have to develop. You know? For sure, and it's a constant assessment. Going back to the yeah, and going back to the drawing board. You know, yearly or something. You know, every year I sit down. You know, or you should sit down and be like, hey where am I at you know like that's what I did when I did this talk is like how am I doing oh wow this is kind of falling off that's bad you know like this is going pretty well and oh man I haven't hung up with this person enough I need to get a weekly meeting with this person you know there's just you kind of just start consistently assessing and kind of figuring out where you're at yeah between guys and girls who are just friends where's the line between a casual relationship and a close relationship without crossing boundaries and yeah I mean that's that's a good question uh, where's the line? I mean, you'd probably have to ask a lot more questions to get in depth in terms of specifically like asking about what your relationship does look like with those people. Um, I will say because I dealt with this a lot in college ministry, uh, the question I always ask myself would would my wife be okay with this relationship I have with this girl? Can I continue this relationship once I get married? and if I can't, then there's probably something wrong with it, you know. In terms of like, cause it, then it's kind of weird. It's like, we can have this relationship, but the second I get engaged, you're out, you know, like, and so that's how I thought about it is I was always like, okay, can, would my wife be okay with this? And if it was no, and you can ask one, an older guy who's married. If you don't know, you're like, I honestly don't know. Ask an older guy who's married and say, Hey, this is my, what, what, what my relationships look like with these girls. Uh, do you think my wife would be okay with that? It's like oh probably not you should probably change this yeah. anything else <laughs> no? um but i seriously would read that book seriously grab that book and um put the time in now before you get married and your marriage will be so much better Elizabeth. spiritual relationships that last um by Dennis McCallum and Gary Delashmet. Um because if you put in the time now, if you can't connect with your buddies or your girl your your girlfriends, um, then you're not gonna connect with your spouse well. So you, you really need to put that work in now and do it. So cool. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna do communion.